Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Duke Football Coverage Podcast, brought to you as always by Bull City Coordinators. Follow us on our website, bullcitycoordinators.com. Follow us on Twitter at DukeFBCoverage. Our DMs are open. You can send us an email, bullcitycoordinators at gmail.com. We are on just about every social media site there is. We are on Twitter, Reddit, Mastodon, Post. I have a counter social account somewhere and a tribal account that I'm not using. Sorry. But enough with that. Let's get to our next interview. Our next guest is Jackson Hubbard, the holder for place kicks. You see him a whole lot every game. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing, Ben? Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about your position, about your unit, and educating Duke fans on that topic. Now, let's talk a little bit about Duke generally. And I understand you have been in Durham since 2017. Is that correct? That's correct. It's my sixth season with the team. You know, at some point you can leave school. It's all right. You don't have to stay there. You can't. You can move on. But we're we're glad that that you've been here this long. Uh, but tell us a little bit about why you chose to come to Duke and what made you want to be a Blue Devil. Yeah, when I was uh, in high school and um, started to realize I had a chance to play um, college football, um, my number one goal was to do it at a school that has um, incredible academics. Um, Because that's always been something that's been really important to me. Um, And so that was kind of through the lens lens through which I um, viewed schools. And I also, um, growing up in Texas, um, Texas high school football is um, pretty big time. And and because of that experience, I I knew I also wanted to um, play for a school that not only has great academics, but also has um, a great athletic program and great football team. maybe like in, in a power five um, conference, something like that. And so um, as I was getting recruited, I wanted to go to the, the school that has the best of both worlds with academics and football. Um, and then when I visited with Duke, um, with my dad, my senior year, um, I got to know um, some of the coaches um, better. Um, I fell in love with um, the culture of the team and the philosophy of the coaches um, and just everything that Duke stood for. Um, and it really was just like a perfect match. Um, and I've loved being here and obviously stayed a long time and now grateful to, to be a part of Coach Elko and, and his program as well. Well, you mentioned your uh, time in high school. I, I understand that you did some kicking and punting there. Is that correct? Yeah, so I was the um, kicker and punter for my team, um, handling punt, punting, um, kickoffs, and field goals um, my junior and senior year. Um, and so that, that was a great time. And I was, I was recruited to Duke um, as a kicker and a punter. Um, and then as I got here, ended up focusing more on punting and kickoffs. Um, and then um, you mentioned that, uh, that I'm a holder now. Um, I still do kick and punt. Um, but my freshman year, uh, I didn't. I was a backup punter, backup kicker. Um, kind of low on the depth chart and noticed that the the starting holder was about to graduate. Um, and I knew as a kicker myself that uh, specialists, uh, snappers and kickers really, really prefer for the, the holder to be another specialist just because you have 
um, kind of all practice to be with each other um, and get reps and develop relationship and stuff like that. And so I saw the opportunity that the spot was opening up um, and it ended up towards like the middle middle point of the, the season, my freshman year. Um, and then through the winter, um, taught myself how to hold. I never done it before because I was I was the one kicking um, in high school. Um, and so I ended up teaching myself how to hold and have now um, been doing that for the last um, five seasons, um, in addition to being like the backup kicker and putter. Well, tell us one, how you taught yourself how to do that and walk us through, if you can, how you prepare for a game and game day as the holder. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching myself how to do it. Um, I think it started with, I, I, I played other positions, other sports going up. I was a receiver. Um, and so I, I knew I had the hands and being a punter. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you actually have to have really good hands to be a punter. Um, because the, the, the biggest factor, and if it's a good punt or not, is how you drop the ball. And so it's all about catching it and dropping it correctly, which is all your, your hand, hands and hand eye coordination. And so I knew I had the, the hands, the hand skills for that, um, to be a holder. Um, and so it ended up just being, um, getting the, the technique down. Um, so like before I went to bed, um, freshman year, I would just get on the floor in my bedroom and just like like have the have the football in my hands and like put it down and spin it um because it's not as a holder it's not only about you have to catch it and then you have to put it down in the correct spot and so i'd put like a little piece of tape on the floor and just practice putting it like exactly on that spot um because if you're like in half an inch left or half an inch right that would affect the kicker um and so i practice hitting that spot and then also spinning it um, because you um, always want the laces to be facing the field goal. So like forward. And so if the snap, um, if you catch it off the snap and the laces are facing backwards, um, you then have to spin it and you have to do that spotting it and spinning it pretty quickly. And so I just got a bunch of reps uh, doing that every night and then um, got with the the long snappers um, at practice or um, stuff like that to um, do it off of a snap as well. And um, the kickers ended up um, liking the way that I held and the coaches did too and um, ended up getting the job and have loved doing it um, since then. Um, and then your second question was about preparing for game day. Correct. A lot of it um, centers around getting with the, the snapper and the kicker. Um, so Evan Deckers, the, the long snapper, and I um, get a lot of reps throughout practice every week, every day. Um, both with, uh, with with one of the kickers um, and also just the two of us together. Um, Evan's a guy that, that loves to snap pretty much the whole practice. And so I always have someone to um, to snap, to, to catch snaps from. And so Evan and I have, he's also my, one of my roommates. Um, I've developed a great relationship doing that. And so Evan and I will get a lot of reps like that. And then also have um, Todd or Charlie um, or Connor kick um, get reps with them as well. And so it just comes down to um, getting reps and getting that chemistry down between the three of us. Um, and then we'll also like practice things like um, if it's supposed to rain that weekend, wetting the football or um, doing stuff like that to, to make it harder and get ourselves ready. Um, but it's, it honestly just comes down to um, reps and trusting one another. Um, and so that all comes from 
that relationship we have with one another. A couple of things I wanted to follow up with you on, uh, talking about your routine and your technique. Those of us who are older remember the phrase laces out from uh, a movie, Ace Ventura. Is that what you're talking about with you, with where you place the laces towards the field goal? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the, the kicker, um, if the laces are backwards, um, like facing the kicker, um, then where their foot hits the ball, the laces will be in the way. And then a lot of times um, that will affect the trajectory or the the aim of the kick. Um, and then likewise, if it's to the side, um, then the ball is a little bit uneven because if it's on the left and the left side of the ball with the laces on it is slightly heavier. Um, and so that will also affect it. So um, best case scenario, um, we, we always want the, the laces to be forward or laces out, as you're saying, um, facing the, the field goal to make it. Um, as easy as possible for the kicker because at the end of the day that, that's what my job boils down to is just making it as easy as possible for both the snapper and the kicker um and just servicing them to to let them do their job um which is something i i enjoy doing how long did it take you to get that routine down you talk through a pretty impressive practice routine to teach yourself how to do that about how long did that take you um it's a good question. Um, it's also a long time ago. Um, I'd say like a month or two um, from starting off to perfecting it myself and then adding in the, the snapper and kicker as well. Um, and then from that point, it was just getting more and more um, reps with the the snapper at the time was John Taylor and then the kickers um, as well. Now, you mentioned that the other kickers, the punters, the other guys involved on that unit want a specialist to be the holder. Can you tell us a little bit about why that is, kind of what goes into it? I'm, I'm very interested in learning more about what you guys do. Yeah, so um, I think the, the philosophy sometimes, um, you see it a lot, um, I guess, in the NFL and also um, uh, previous, like uh, in older years, um, the backup quarterback would be the holder. Um, but the quarterback or maybe a receiver or someone like that is obviously pretty busy the whole practice doing um, things like working the offensive scheme and stuff like that. And so they would just kind of rush through like, oh, yeah, I'll get five reps with the kicker after practice or before practice or whatever. Um, and that's not um, enough time to um, get everything, get, get, get the chemistry and everything down and to practice enough to um, have that ultimate trust in each other. Um, and so, um, specialists usually prefer it to be another specialist because we don't have anything to do all practice except for work on kicking. And so, um, we have like over two hours just to, um, catch snaps and get kicks off and stuff like that. And yeah, like some of that time I spend kicking and punting. Um, but also like I have, um, the time to be with the snappers and kickers just to to get as many reps as possible and not be like a forced thing at the at the end of practice like sometimes it is with the quarterback let me switch gears a little bit I want to ask you a little bit about your coaches uh, we've heard a lot about coach Feely and Elko from other players and we'll get to those guys in a second but tell us about your special teams coach coach Doherty what is he like yeah coach Doherty's great um he's done a good job um getting the, the special team scheme down. Um, we do a little bit different stuff than we did um, previously here at Duke. Um, and so he's done a good job um, 
kind of a, a, a teaching us all um, the the different. Um, for example, we used to be like a three man punt um, shield team, three man shield team, um, meaning there's like the three guys in the backfield protecting the punter. Um, whereas now it's a two man um, shield, and so stuff like that actually has a pretty big effect on the the rest of the the scheme. Um, and so just getting. Um, both the specialist, um, but also a large part of his job also involves um, like everyone on the team except for the linemen and the quarterbacks, basically. And so he works with um, the vast majority of the team, um, getting them bought into special teams and learning the scheme and teaching them all these new things. Um, and so he's done a good job with that. Um, and then with us, with the specialist specifically, um, he's also him along with another coach named Coach Larson. Um, works with us more in the day-to-day -day of just the specialists, the, the 10 of us um, watching film and um, doing stuff like that with us and talking more of the, the technique aspects of kicking and punting and snapping. Um, and so Coach Jordy's job involves both the larger team and then also the, the smaller subset of just the specialists. Tell us a little bit about Coach Feely and what he's meant to the team this season. Coach Philly's amazing. Um, he's done an incredible job. Um, I think he's he's played um, a, a very large role in um, the the turnaround of of the team. Um, I think you have listened to the the podcast and other guys have talked about him and um, kind of the the flip in the intensity level and um, the workouts and everything like that. He's done a great job. Um, kind of transforming all of our bodies, um, making us stronger, faster, um, decreasing our body fat, putting on muscle, like all the, all those sort of things um, that he's, he's just done a, an awesome job. And um, I think he, he's developed more of a, a culture of, of weightlifting and hard work in the weight room that um, has really um, transferred over to the field. Like we'll have guys, not only are like the actual workouts um, insanely hard, um, but during those insanely hard workouts, he's developed this culture of us cheering each other on, it being like um, a really fun atmosphere. Like you'll see the videos on social media of um, people like PRing, um, like beating their personal record for power clean or squat or bench press or whatever, and the whole team's around them, um, cheering them on. And so things like that have just made it. Um, really competitive, but also really fun and really rewarding um, to be a part of. Um, and so he's done a great job with that. And um, that's kind of translated like we've had um, dozens and dozens. Um, I think it's in the, probably, I think it actually might be above a hundred um, personal, personal records um, in those, in the weight room during the season. Um, and so normally like you probably wouldn't wait lift very heavy during the season, but we'll have guys PRing on power clean on a random Tuesday, right after practice, um, just because of, um, that culture that he's established. And I think he, he's also developed a relationship with us. That's, um, really meaningful and powerful. And I think that translates to, um, us believing in each other and the whole team as a whole. Um, he's played a large part in that as well. Um, every, every, for example of that, like um, on the bus ride to the stadium um, for every game, he'll always send like personalized texts to us 
um, about um, like what we've done that week and how much he believes in us and all that sort of stuff. And I think little things like that have, have gone a long way um, to not only um, the physical aspect of um, his job and developing us as athletes, but also the the mental aspect of belief and trust and all those sort of things that those two come together. Um, and we've seen that it makes a really remarkable difference. Well, tell us a little bit about coach Elko and what he's been like. He's been awesome. Um, he's done, um, obviously an incredible job. Um, I think he's, um, obviously got the ACC coach of the year, um, a week or two ago. Um, and it's it's been really cool to see um kind of kind of like, uh, similar to what I was talking about with coach Feely um just the the culture that he's established um within us um and that that, that kind of stems from his um uh, mentality and philosophy and approach to everything and so um he's just done an awesome job of leading us and um every team meeting every interaction you have with him is just so uh, positive and um, motivational and um, focused on um, elevating Duke football and winning and competing, competing, um, everything like that. Um, he's just done a, a great job being the 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 head man for um, all of those things. Um, he's act, he's also um, done a good job of relating to us as players. Um, I'm one of the guys that was elected to what he calls a leadership council. And so it's a group of, uh, I think seven of us that meet with him every single week. Um, and it's honest, it's like an open floor. Um, so we can, we can bring up whatever, um, the team is feeling, um, issues, successes, um, anything like that. Um, and then he'll also does a great job in relating, relaying information to us. Um, so it's kind of a, a great, like two-way communication, um, and trust that he has, um, in us as, as leaders of the team. And then we can, um, then pass that on to the, to the rest of the team. And so he's just done a great job, both, um, with, uh, like the aspects of leading the program, but also relationally and, um, using the relationships he's built with us, um, to, to further that cause of, um, elevating, uh, Duke football and winning and all those sort of things. Well, let's switch gears a little bit on the couple of final points and talk about the bowl game you've got coming up, the military bowl. You are one of the few blue devils who's been to bowls before having been to on the team in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. Tell us what it's like for this unit to be going to a bowl game this year. What does that mean to you all? Yeah, it means a, a whole lot. Um, it was one of our one of our goals in the off season, and um, I think we've, um, like you said, I, I was a part of the 2017 Quick Lane Bowl team and 2018 Independence Bowl team, and uh, a select few of us have also been to to bowl games. Some of the fifth year guys, um, and we've all just kind of communicated the um, what it what it means to go to those bowl games um, through our prior experiences and. Um, coming into this year and having a, several years of not going to bowl games um, really added to that motivation and um, what we wanted to accomplish this season. And I think um, looking back, having 
um, an incredible season and winning a lot of games and now getting the chance to go to a bowl game. Um, it's been a really, um, it's a, it's a great opportunity, um, both as an, a reward for that, the, the, the hard work that we put in over the last 12 months, um, but also um, an opportunity to continue to prove ourselves and continue to, um, to, to, to use that hard work we put over the last 12 months to continue to um, improve and defy expectations and everything like that. Um, I mean, we, we all, through the, the work we did in the offseason, um, we all knew that we were going to have like a great season and um, prove a lot of people wrong um, just because it's, we, we saw the, the difference in the, in the um, work ethic and belief in each other and all that all culture, all those sort of things. And um, now looking back um, on it actually occurring and us being in a bowl game and getting a chance to go um, win one more game and be a, a military bowl champion, um, that's really a, an incredible opportunity to um, continue to build upon that success and foundation we, we set over the over the past year. Um, and one other thing I'd say on that is Coach Elko's done a, an awesome job um, using this as an opportunity to, the primary goal being to become the, the champions of the bowl game, um, but also secondary um, goals being um, to, to have fun and to enjoy the experience um, to both these couple of weeks that we're in Durham um, and then also at the bowl site and then also to develop the, the younger guys um, and get them a lot of reps and um, continue to build um, for the spring um, and then into next season. Um, and so it's just, it's all, um, all in all, a, a great opportunity and um, we're really excited for it. And um, I think it'll be a, a great time and um, yeah. Well, you mentioned proving people wrong. I got to raise my hand. I was one <laughs> of the guys, you proved me wrong. I admit it. I own it. I will not, you know, I will not obfuscate. So, but I rooted for you guys to prove me wrong. So I was, I, I was very glad to be wrong this time. And congratulations. You guys have had a great season so far. It's been a blast to watch. It's been very entertaining. It's been a lot of fun. Um, last couple of things to, to go over in researching for this interview. It looked like you had some academic All-American honors uh, last season. Could you tell us a little bit about those? I did. Um... Yeah, so as I kind of said, the start of the podcast, academics has always been really important to me. Um, I came in and um, an undergrad, studied computer science, um, and loved that experience. And I'm now in grad school for a master of engineering and computer engineering. Um, and so it's been an incredible opportunity to, to learn, uh, learn a ton and um, prepare myself for my career. Um, and Cat, um, the uh, media director um, for Duke Athletics, um, put me up for, and I think uh, Coach Cutcliffe also played a role um, with nominating me for the academic All-American. Um, I guess it started with like All-District and All-Conference um, and then ended up moving on to the academic All-American. Um, and so that was just a, an awesome uh reward and um, something to see the, all the hard work I put in um, in the classroom to to pay off um, to kind of pair with athletics and academics um, that's kind of the 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 best the best award that, that I could have gotten um, 
and I'm really thankful for that and just kind of see that my um my perspective and mentality of trying trying my best to excel at both of them at the same time um was uh, like paid off and um, really appreciative of Cat and Coach Cut and everyone else involved for nominating me for that. Um, and so it was, a, it was a great experience and something that I'm, I'm proud of. Well, if you listen, you know, uh, everybody gets to give a proudest moment on their time at Duke and then they get an open mic to talk about whatever they want. So you've been here a while. What's your proudest moment as a Blue Devil? I think my proudest moment um, came right before my senior year. Um, so the summer of 2020, um, I came in as a, as a walk-on um, to the team and um, I talked about my um, journey to try to get on the field. Um, that was my, my first goal to, to play um, both as a holder and um, kicker and punter. Um, which I, I've done those over the last several years. Uh, but then my next goal was to earn a scholarship. And right before my senior year, um, Coach Cutcliffe, um, right before practice started, um, was like addressing the team and ended up putting um, the long snapper, John Taylor, and myself um, on scholarship. And so it was a great surprise. Um, he did a, an awesome job um, putting together that little surprise announcement and, um, getting to experience that and, um, see my goal of getting a scholarship, um, come true and then be able to call my family and everything like that, um, was something that meant a lot to me and something I'm really proud of. Um, and so that was just a incredible experience. Um, and so that would be my answer. And then I think also, um, I'm really proud to also be, um, I guess really grateful um, first off to be a part of um, the experience of the um, transition from the old staff to Coach Elko um, and be a leader um, through that and experience this past season. Um, all of that wouldn't have been possible without that original scholarship. And because I wasn't planning on coming back um, for even a fifth year. And now I've not only had the chance to um, have a fifth year, um, but also now a sixth year um, playing. And that now allowed me to uh, be a part of this past season, which I'm also really, really proud of. And the work that um, the team went through in the off season and everything that we did uh, to um, transform our bodies and our culture and um, everything like that with um, Coach Elko and Coach Feely and everyone else on the staff. Um, I think my, myself and the rest of the team are really proud of the effort we put in um, and then taking that into this fall and translating that into the success we've had. Well, that's a great moment. That's a fantastic story. Congratulations for that. Uh, that is wonderful. You, you, we've got a little bit of time left, so you've got an open mic. The floor is yours. Anything that you want to talk about? Huh. That's a good question. Um, I think one thing I would say, um, I, I assume you're going to release this before the bowl game, um, recording this, um, I guess a little over a week out from, from Christmas. Uh, um, but I, I would just say, um, my faith is really important to me and I think it's always important for, 
myself and everyone else to remember the the reason for Christmas and keep that in mind and um, focus on um, your your faith and religion and try to try to do your best to um, remember um, why why we're celebrating Christmas and not only the the family time and everything that comes with Christmas but um, what I was saying about the um, God God piece of that as well I actually had a an opportunity to go to Israel this past summer through a program at Duke um, ended up seeing um, all sorts of sites but one of them being um, the church of the nativity um, where Jesus was born and so I think especially with this being the the Christmas holiday season um, to keep that in mind and um, remember remember that um, on top of um, being with family and um, for us um, going to a bowl game and um, hopefully having a lot of success there and that also being an aspect of um, of the holiday season well Jackson, that's a wonderful message, and we wish you all nothing but the best of luck, not only in the bowl game, but in your future endeavors. From listening to you, it sounds like you got a bright future ahead of you, and we Thank hope you. we hope everything goes great. I, I remember when I finished up law school, the kind of stress and worry about what happened next was there, but if if you do good work and you're nice to people, it all takes care of itself. So. Exactly. Uh, Thank you for some, thank you for taking some time on a Friday for this great interview. We learned a lot about your position in the team and what you're doing, and we wish you nothing but the absolute best going forward. Thanks so much, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jackson, for being a guest on the podcast and for all of your time and everything that you've done as a Duke Blue Devil. We wish you nothing but the absolute best going forward, and we hope to see you guys get a nice win over UCF in the Military Bowl. Should be an exciting game. We are all rooting for you. Once again, check us out on our website, bullcitycoordinators.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DukeFBCoverage. Our DMs are open. Send us an email, bullcitycoordinators at gmail.com, and you can find us not only anywhere that you get your podcasts, but anywhere that there is social media. We are there. As an update for the remainder of Season 3, I have got to get off my lazy rear end and start lining up guests for the rest of the season. I hope to get that done soon and make some progress on it. As you all know, it's been a little hectic. But hey, guys, it's Christmas time. It's a wonderful holiday season. I hope everybody who's listening and everybody who's part of the Duke football family has a great holiday, great Christmas, a great New Year. This is time for us to all... Think about our family, our friends, our loved ones, and those who are in need. And so from everyone here at Bull City Coordinators, which is me and my family, to everybody who's listening, you and your family, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and as always, Go Duke!